everyone, my name is Philippe and this is the podcast Life with AI, the podcast that we talk about artificial intelligence in a simpler way. And for today's episode, I'm gonna do something different. In this episode, in Portuguese, I interviewed a postdoc uh, student in Brazil, which is called Fernando, and we talked about some tips to train neural networks and also data augmentation. So for this episode in English, what I will do is that I will try to translate, I will try to talk to you the main parts of our conversation, the parts that I think that is most uh, interesting to talk to you. And I will like translate this information for you because I think we had a great talk. So I think it will be interesting for you. So to start, Fernando is a postdoc uh, student in Brazil and he works with the training of neural network and also data augmentation and self-supervised learning. And, and we talked a lot about it. So in the beginning of our conversation, what we did is to point the most important things when you, you are working into a data science problem or a machine learning problem. So what we talked and what Fernando pointed out that is very important is to first of all, look for the data. Before knowing that your data is good, you don't need to think about the architecture, the optimization. You need to know your data and the metrics of the problem you are trying to solve. And of course, if the data that you have is able to solve the problem that you want to solve. So what you need to look into this data, we need to first know if it's representative. So if you have uh, data that do not represent your problem, you need to find more data. You also need to know if the labels of your data are consistent because in many problems that we have, even in the, the known data sets such as ImageNet and Coco, we have some data, some images that are not well classified. There are some labels that are wrong, wrongly there. And if we have that in our data, especially if you don't have a lot of data, it can really disturb the training of your model. So very important guys, look to your data before looking for anything else. After you have a good data, you need to find the metrics of your problem. So imagine that you have a problem, which is my problem of my research predicting frauds or detecting cancer on cells. For these problems, normally you have a very imbalanced data set. An imbalanced data set is a data set that you have much more data for one class than you have for the other. So if this data is not well labeled, you will have a problem. And if you don't know which metric to look, if you want to look like the accuracy, it's terrible because the accuracy will look for your data as a whole, but you need to your metric to focus on the cancerigenous part, or you need your metric to focus on the fraud part because it's much harder. So imagine that you have 99% of your data from one class and 1% of the data for the other class. If you just use the accuracy and you predict that the data is from the majority class, you will predict well for 99% of the time. So if you use the accuracy, even if your model is terrible, you will have a good result. But that's not, not what you want. We want to the model to understand that if it predicted everything as the majority class, it's terrible. So you need to look for the good metric for your problem. Now that you know that we have a good data and we know the metric that we want to look for this problem, we can look for the architecture. 
And for the architecture, we also need to look for the data because of course we have many different architectures. For images, we have ResNet, we have VGG, we have Inception. For text, we have BERT, we have LSTM, we have GRU. For tabular data, we have neural networks, we have XGBoost, we have linear regression, we have SVM. You have many models, but you need to know how much data you have. Imagine, like for image, if you have a huge architecture with millions and millions and millions of parameters, and you have less than a thousand images, this is useless. Your model will completely overfit in your data. So you need to look for your data to choose your model. And something we talked a lot in the episode is if you have few data points, like less than a thousand or 100 or 200, you need to try smaller architectures and also maybe some other techniques to try to help in the training. And for that, we have data augmentation and self-supervised learning. Data augmentation is a technique that you will augment your data by creating some transformations of your data. So imagine that you have an image and we will rotate this image 45 degrees. Or you have this image and you input some noise. Or you train, change the brightness or the who of this image. And then we will create new images from this image. And instead of having only 100 images, we will have maybe 500 or 1000, which is much better than just 100. Something that we talked in the episode is that you need to take care if the techniques that you are using are good for data augmentation. So we have the easiest example in the world that is the MNIST dataset that is composed by images of numbers. And if you perform a 180 degrees rotation in a six, it turns into a nine. And if you perform 180 degrees rotation to a nine, it turns into a six. So you need to pay attention in what you are doing to your data. Imagine in a cancer cell problem and the color of the cell says a lot if it's cancerigenous or not. And you will change the color of the cell. You can do it. You will disturb the training of your network if you do that. So you need to pay attention in which techniques are you using. And of course, these techniques are good, but you need to take care to use them. And the second one that we talked a lot in the episode is self-supervised learning. Self-supervised learning is a very interesting concept and we will also use data augmentation, but we will use in another way. So imagine that you have only a hundred images. In a self-supervised learning way, these a hundred images, even they have in different classes, they will be class zero. And we will perform a 45 degrees rotation in these 100 images to have another 100 images. And these 100, new 100 images will have class one. And you will change the brightness of these images. And you have another 100 images with class two. So the goal here is to predict if the image is augmented or not, and for which augmentation is it. And what's the idea behind it? Because it don't make sense. You cannot use this to predict the, the class of your image or the class of your problem, but we will use it as a fine tune to initialize the waves of our network. What's the goal of a neural network? The goal is to learn a representation of the data. And as I explained it to you in the episodes explaining the ideas behind CNN, and if you want to know more, you can listen to the, this episode. 
In the early stages of the network, you will take the hoof representations of your data, like shapes and colors, and through this network, you learn more refined representations. So with this technique, by predicting if the data is normal or augmented and which kind of augmentation, you will be able to learn these representations. And instead of training your network from scratch, you will fine tune your network using the self-supervised method. Because sometimes, okay, I, I told you that we can fine tune a network using ImageNet or these huge data sets with pre-trained pre networks. But sometimes fine tuning your network using self-supervised learning can be better than using a normal fine tune from ImageNet. And why I had Fernando there? Because he published a paper showing that sometimes it is better to use self-supervised learning. And in his paper, he showed that it works better when you have not that many classes. He experiment a data set with 31 classes, I think, and another one, the same data set, but just with 11 classes. And with 11 classes, the result is better than just fine tuning. And with 31 classes, fine tuning with a pre-trained network is better than using self-supervised learning. But something that he said in the episode is that this is a preliminary work they tried with a specific domain and you cannot generalize it yet to all domains to say that with few classes we need to use self-supervised learning and for more classes we need to use fine-tuning for our pre-trained net. He didn't say that, but maybe something that you can try, that maybe in your research, in your work, in your studies, this is something that you should consider at least to understand how it works and see how it performs. And the best thing here is that Fernando presented, Fernando and his other colleagues from USP, they presented a tutorial in a conference and the tutorial is in English and the paper is also in English. I can put a link for the paper and they made available this tutorial on their GitHub and I will put the link for this tutorial here. So the tutorial is very, is very good. The GitHub has a lot of notebooks explaining a lot of things and you will be able to see how we can, how they implemented everything and how self-supervised learning works and how data augmentation works. And something that he focused a lot during our conversation was that if you really don't have a lot of data, another thing that you can do is to, like the first thing that you can do is to use a pre-trained network as a feature extractor and extract these features and visualize them into a, a space and try to do some clustering, really try to do some easier tasks because a neural network, it needs a lot of data. The, the neural networks, they were done to work with a lot of data. So if you don't have, it may have some problem. So if you use a neural network as a feature extractor, and for this, it works very well, even with without a lot of data, and with these features that you extracted from this neural network, you can do other predictions or visualize the data or do some clustering. So this is something he pointed out and he said it's really important. So it's something that I would like to share with you. And something that we already discussed in the episode is how hard it is to implement everything. Because something that is really important to me is to show to you not only the techniques, but also that is easy to implement them all. Always that you can do it. 
even if you are not uh, you don't have a master's degree in computer science and machine learning because I don't have neither I don't even have my bachelor to be honest my as you know my my path is a little bit different I'm I'm finishing my master's but I don't have my bachelor yet but it's not important so I'm trying to pass to you that it's not hard and how can we do it in practice how can we augment our data how can we rotate it change the brightness or maybe do some affine transformations we just need to increase one line of code that is already coded for us we have these frameworks of uh, deep learning like pytorch and tensorflow and with these frameworks we have everything coded already so you just need to say i would like to the network to perform this transformation a 45 degree rotation with 50% probability in the data and it will do it for you with just one line of code i need to change the brightness of the image in 30% of the cases with a 30% probability in 0.3 and, and the whole pipeline the whole framework will do everything for you and you just need to increase one line of code so i i want to show to you guys that it's not hard and also the github that i try to build for you is to show that maybe if you need to do it in your work in your research just take a look on my code and use it for you because you can do some small changes and have a, a network for solve a completely different problem and in the end of the episode this is something that i will have for all guests that come here in the podcast i asked him something that he would like to share something that he thinks that is important a message that he wanted to share related to his field or anything that he thinks it's important and he said about persistence that persistence is very important to persist in what you believe and to persist in your work and if you persist enough you will achieve your goals and i think it was very interesting what he said and i just like it to share the, what is important to him for you and this was a little bit different than the usual episodes that i do for you but it's the best way that i found to pass this information because i was more sticked to record with my friends and just myself alone because like it's it's hard to ask for a postdoc or for a professor to record two times with me they don't have all this time So I tried my best to pass the main information that we had in our conversation and I hope this format will also be interest for you to listen despite is not the same as listening to the person talking I really tried to do my best to pass this information in the best way and again I will put the code for the tutorial that they did so everything I talked here and much much more will be there represented as code in a form that you can learn I will put Fernando's contact here. I will put his LinkedIn. So if you want to discuss something with him or ask some questions, he said he is available to do it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media. On Instagram, we are podcast.lifewithai and on LinkedIn, we are just lifewithai. And until next Thursday, guys. Goodbye.